Well, good morning. Oh, man, come on. It's like 10, 11, 22. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you, Lenny. I appreciate that. Man, it is a good morning. Weren't those interviews amazing? Isn't it cool when you get to hear from the heart of a teenager and, and they don't try to speak like they're adults? They, they, they speak from their heart, right? And that, that's a beautiful thing. And, and, and that's what we got to see there. We got to see the difference that Jesus is making in the lives of our teenagers. He's doing something here. And it's really amazing. And, and one of the cool things is, is that you're a part of it, right? When Mark talks about family, when Mark talks about us being a family, that's what we are, correct? I mean, that's what Christ called us to be as a family. He didn't call us to be a bunch of individuals. He called us to be a family. When he prayed for his disciples, one of his last words he ever shared with them is what? That they would be one, that they would be together, that they would be a family. And this morning, as we spend time together, as we spend time talking about what does it look like for us to grow in our faith? What does it look like for us to fall deeper in love with Jesus? Um, I want to challenge us to think about a 50-day goal. I want all of us, not just the confirmants. You know, one of the dangers in, in, in saying to confirmation students, hey, this is confirmation graduation, is that oftentimes people think, oh, that means I'm graduating from something. Or I'm done with something. And the reality is, is that we don't, gra- in our faith or with our confirmation students, they're not graduating from something. Nothing's ending. Something beautiful is just continuing. Correct? There's probably a lot of you in this room. I heard from a few that when you see our confirmation students, it reminds you of when you were in confirmation one day. How many of you guys, just to show of hands, have been in confirmation before? Wow, look around the room. So when you're here and you see our kids in their beautiful white robes, which they love to wear all the time. They probably want to take them home. It might bring you back to the day when you graduated from confirmation. And I hope and pray that when you think about graduating from confirmation, that you don't look at that time and go, man, I remember back when I was really tight with Jesus. It's kind of back when I was in confirmation. I hope that that's not you. I hope that you look back and you say, oh, my word, the Lord did something great in my life. And confirmation for me was a launching pad into the rest of my life. And again, though, for some of us, though, maybe for some of you in this room, confirmation was an ending. I hope as we talk about this 50 day goal that you realize that no matter where you are with Jesus, whether it's a launching thing or you just kind of need to be reminded of what it means to walk with Jesus. I pray that by the time we are done here today. That all of us have thought about our relationship with Jesus. And all of us will walk out of this room investing into our relationship with Jesus. I'm going to read to you a scripture passage from Isaiah that's very familiar probably to a lot of us. And it says this. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. You know, maybe for you this morning, what you desperately need is just that first line. But those who hope in the Lord, you just need hope this morning. Because when we unleash hope, what does scripture say will happen? The Lord will renew our strength. The verse goes on to say, they will soar like we, they will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And you know, when I read this verse and when I think about the words of Isaiah, I think about two words. You know, what those two words are Dr. Pepper. Right? Like you, right? I'm sure that's what you're thinking about right now, aren't you? You're thinking about Dr. Pepper, right? When I read that verse, you were probably thinking, 
Dr. Pepper. Right, Steve? Right? You've read that a lot. You probably think of Dr. Pepper when you read that. And here's why I think of Dr. Pepper. I think of Dr. Pepper like these two cans. I bought them at Quick Trip at 119th and Metcalf. And what's interesting about these cans is they're both made at the same place. They're both sold at the same place. They came together. They're filled with the same substance. The cans were made out of the same material. But the difference between these two cans is when you apply a little bit of pressure to this one, this is what happens. Okay? It shrinks. It crumples up. And it's pretty much good for nothing. When I apply a pressure to this one, I'm putting as much pressure as I can. And there's nothing that I can do to this can to, crink, to, to make it shrink at all. Why? This can is what? Empty. This can is what? It's full. When you and I think about our lives and when we think about living for Jesus, one of the things that needs to be a reality for us is that God calls us to a relationship with him where we fill our battery with him. Think about like batteries, right? For instance, you look at your cell phone. How, how helpful is your cell phone when there's no battery? It's worthless, right? Maybe not worthless. Okay, it looks good in your pocket. You, look, you walk around with it, and, but it, you can't really do much with it, correct? When, you're, when your car runs out of gas or when the battery is messed up, you really can't do anything, right? When our batteries are low as human beings, there's not a whole lot that we can do. And so as we think about our 50-day goal, as we think about a 50-day goal for us as a church, again, this is not just for the confirmation students, I want to challenge us to think about our foundation and what we're doing to fill our spiritual battery. What are we doing to fill our life with things that look like Jesus? Because I guarantee, and I know this sounds a little infomercial-like, so forgive me, but I guarantee that if you and I spend the next 50 days asking Jesus to fill our lives with Him, there is, it is not possible for us to look like we look now. It's not possible. Because God is going to do something great in our life, and He's going to change us from the inside out. Think about the passage in Matthew chapter 7. In Matthew 7, Jesus is hanging out, and He tells a story about two houses. He says there's one house that's foundation is built on a rock. And he says these words. He says, those of you who hear these words of mine and you put them into practice, you're like a house whose foundation is built with a rock. The storms come and they hit the house and they beat against the house, but the house does not fall down. But those of you who hear these words of mine and do not put them into practice, you're like a house whose foundation is built on sand. The storms come, they beat against the house, and the house crumbles and it falls to the ground. Over the next 50 days, I would love for us, including myself, to be challenged to think about this goal. What would it look like for you and I to make Jesus the foundation of our life? What would it look like for you and I, as a family, to fill our spiritual batteries with him? Because here's the awesome thing or the reality of life is that storms are coming, right? You, there's a storm coming right now, a physical storm, right? We know, we know that, right? We've seen the weather. We know there's a storm coming. But there's also storms that are coming in life. And whether you love Jesus or not, you're going to get hit by a storm and I'm going to get hit by a storm, correct? Just because you love Jesus doesn't mean you're protected. Doesn't mean the storms aren't coming. But it does mean we're covered. Okay, it means we're covered. And Jesus promises that he's going to be with us. And we'll talk about that in a second. 
But in the story that Jesus tells, both, both houses are hit with a storm. But it's the house that had a solid foundation. That's the house that withstood the storm. It's, it's like when we fill our lives with Jesus, it fills our spiritual battery to the point that when the storms come and they hit you and they hit me, guess what happens? We find a strength that we can only find in him. If we don't fill our spiritual batteries when the storms come, they'll destroy us. John 10.10 says it like this. Jesus is again talking and he says, The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life to the fullest. When you and I fill our spiritual batteries with Jesus, we get to live into the embrace of what it means to live life to the fullest. When you and I don't fill our spiritual batteries, we're going to get destroyed. And I know those are strong words, right? We talk about this in youth ministry, that Satan's job description for our life is to destroy us. That's what he wants to do. He wants to destroy us and he'll do whatever it takes. And oftentimes it's the best opportunity for him to destroy us is when you don't take care of our spiritual batteries. So what I'd love for, for us to do just in the few minutes we have together is I would love for us to think about that 50 day goal of making Jesus our foundation. And to get there, I would love for us to think about what it would look like in five different areas of our life to be challenged in five different areas of our life. Because I think if, if, if we accept this challenge in these five areas, I think it's going to help us fill up our spiritual battery. I think it's going to help us have this relationship with Jesus that doesn't leave it at the door and go out and live life however we want to live. But if we take Jesus with us wherever we go, and that spiritual battery is filled and it's overflowing to every place we go. So I want to share with us five challenges. And I'll be short and sweet, I promise. I'm a middle school pastor, right? A high school pastor. So it's easy to... Share things short and sweet, right? That's what we have to do. So that's what we're going to do here. But I want you to hear these words. Challenge number one, over the next 50 days, as a family, I would love for all of us to think about and consider what it would look like to invest in our soul. For you and I to invest in our soul. For you and I to dig down deep and do something and ask questions about maybe our soul that we've never asked before. One of the questions to think about right now is, what are you doing on a regular basis to invest in your soul? Are you thinking about Jesus? Are you asking him to be, to fill your spiritual battery on a regular basis? Or are you just doing it on Sundays? Sometimes it's easy, right? It's easy for us to do that, to just come on Sundays, to think, okay, I'm doing my Jesus thing on Sunday, and I'm going to go live my life how I live my life, and I come back and I'll fill, fill my life with Jesus again on Sunday. But you know what he asks us to do? He asks us to actually give him all of our life. And when we give him all of our life, when we talk about filling our soul with him, it's not just on Sundays. Here are a couple of verses from um, scripture. Luke chapter six, verse 12 says this. One of, the, one of those days, Jesus went up to the mountainside to pray and he spent the night praying to God. Another one from Luke, Luke five sixteen. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and he did what? He prayed. If the son of God... If the Son of God need to, needed to invest in his soul, guess what? So do you and I. My prayer for us as a family is that over the next 50 days, that we would figure out what it looks like to invest in our soul. Not just to think of it as a good idea, but we'd actually put together a game plan. That we put together a game plan that looks right into our heart and say, Jesus, I'm going to invest in you because I, only know, I know that only you can fill my spiritual battery. Challenge number two is that we understand the power of authentic worship. 
that you and I understand the power found in authentic worship. What worship does is it gets my attention off myself and it puts it in the rightful place, which is on him. When we, when we worship God, we get to embrace and, and come to the reality when Jesus says in Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God. When you and I understand and wrap our arms around what it means to authentically worship him, we get to embrace that. Matthew 22, 37 through 38 says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. When you and I authentically worship, amazing things happen. I wrote down a couple thoughts about that. Authentic worship renews our strength. Authentic worship reconnects us with God. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, man, that's what I need. I need to get reconnected with him. I see these confirmation kids and it reminds me of the commitments that I once made. And you know what Jesus says? Awesome. Let's get reconnected. He doesn't say, oh, I don't have time for you. He doesn't do that. We talked about that last week, right? On Easter Sunday. I mean, what an incredible, what, a, what an incredible message that Jesus sent to the world when he rose from the dead and he said, man, I am here for everybody. So that you might have life. So that you might understand that I am the resurrection and the life. You want to come to me? Awesome. My arms are open wide to you. Authentic worship restores our perspective. You know, maybe over the next 50 days, what needs to, what needs to happen in our lives as we, as we embrace what it means to authentically worship God is our perspective needs to be restored. Another awesome thing about authentic worship is it rebuilds our confidence. Not in ourselves, but in who? In Him. So when you and I come to the point where we say, God, I'm all in, I'm all yours, and we authentically worship him, we put him in his rightful place. Challenge number three. Let God's word change you from the inside out. Over the next 50 days, let's take some time to let God's word change us from the inside out. Not from the outside in, but from the inside out. I alluded to in John chapter 17 of Jesus' prayer for his disciples. I want to read it to us. He says this, My prayer is not for them to be alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. That Jesus would be our Lord and Savior. And that he would work in our lives. And that he would change us from the inside out. Because that's what happens, right? Like when God gets a hold of our life, when God works in our life, when we invest in our soul and we let his word change us, we can't help but change. And everyone around us sees it. Challenge number four is build great relationships. One of the cool things about being in a family is that we get to be together. We get to build relationships with each other. We get to actually do life together. We're not on our own, but we're here together. And the beauty of this church is that there's all ages. You have infants to seniors and everything in between. And we get to all link arms and build relationships with each other. Ecclesiastes 4.10 says it this way. If either one of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity on anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. We need each other. We need each other. Our teenagers, they need healthy adults in their life that are pointing them to Jesus. Adults, we need healthy teenagers in our life pointing us to Jesus. We need each other. 
Over the next 50 days, I pray that as relationships form here and as we get to know each other, that God would do great things amongst our relationships. And again, that he would get the glory. And the last challenge, challenge number five, is that we pay attention to whose voice we're listening to. We pay attention to whose voice we're listening to. Deuteronomy 31.8 says this, The Lord himself goes before you, and he will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. You know, oftentimes it's really easy to be afraid, to be discouraged in life, as we think about what it means to follow Jesus. Because we're all alone. Or we're frustrated with something that's going on in our life. And what Jesus calls us out to do is he says, don't be afraid. We talked about Joshua in the last service. And, and, and how awesome it was that um, the Lord reminded Joshua over and over and over again to not be afraid. To not lose heart. Because he is with him. His presence is with him. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says this. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you will learn how to live freely and lightly. When we talk about unleashing hope, when we ask Jesus to step into our life, when we ask him to be the Lord of our life, He tells us that he will. He promises us that he will be with us. And he won't abandon us. So what if over the next 50 days, you and I invested in our soul? We said, Jesus, you got me. I'm all in. There's parts of me that don't look good right now, but I'm giving them to you. Because I need you to restore my spiritual batteries. Right now I'm empty, and I don't feel like I'm much good for anything. But I know that you, through your power, can fill me up and give me strength. And I think when we invest in our soul and, and when we live into this sweet spot, we get to rest in his arms. And we get to trust him to do amazing and mighty things. I'll close with this story. I've shared it before, but I want to share it again. I was, um, I was actually on an airplane flying to head up to Alaska. And, and there was a, there was a um, when I got on an airplane here in Kansas City, there was someone sitting in my seat. And I didn't really care. It wasn't a big deal. And so I just asked this individual, well, where are you sitting, where are you sitting on the plane? And I'd love to go sit in your seat. And so they said, well, I'm back. They kind of pointed back to their seat. So I went and sat in their seat. When I sat down in their seat, um, there was two like college age girls sitting in the um, middle seat and against the window. And so after the plane took off and um, the drink lady came around, we all got our drinks and I, I took out a packet of um, talks that I had to give. I was on my way to Alaska to speak at a Bible, um, at a Bible camp up in Unalakleet, Alaska. And actually I was supposed to be there with Tim Sacconi, but Tim and the Sacconi family had just found out that Caleb Sacconi was coming to their family. They had, they had adopted Caleb, and um, they had just found out a couple of days before. So I had to do, like, a lot of work because Tim and I were going to split the talk. So instead of doing seven talks, I had to do 14. So I'm kind of freaking out a little bit. So I open this packet, and I start kind of working through some of the messages that we're going to kind of talk about up in Alaska. 
And as I'm looking through the messages, I get a tap on my shoulder. And it's the girl who's sitting next to the window. She taps me on the shoulder, and I look over at her, and she is crying. Like, like really crying. You know, like, like we just heard the rain a second ago coming out really heavy? It was kind of like that coming out of her eyes, okay? <laughs> she was super sad. There's something going on. But it was kind of awkward. I mean, you imagine, right? Like, you're in an airplane, and someone taps you on the sol- shoulder, and they're crying, and they're looking at you, and you're like, I don't even know you. What happened? And this girl says, thank you. I'm like, what? I, I, it was, honestly, it was like, I'm sorry, I'm confused. This girl said, well, I just wanted to say thank you. This week, I've been in Kansas City because my best friend got married. She said on Monday night, we started going out. And we would go to Westport. And we would party it up and we'd stay way, way up. Stay out way too late. And every single night, from that point forward, we would go out to Westport. And we would just get trashed. We would drink way too much. And she said every single night before we go out, I kind of felt like in my spirit... Like something was trying to tell me, hey, you don't have to do this anymore. And every time I would ignore that voice. And she said, so I'm sitting on the plane and I'm drinking my glass of wine and I'm looking out the window. And I feel like that same voice said to look over. And so I just looked over and I started reading some of the verses that were on your sheet of paper. And the verse that really got her attention was the verse I just read. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burnt out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. She said, I just read those words, and I just want to say thank you because I gave my life to Jesus. I'm like, what is going on? Is it, what? Okay. Wow. I, I, this is incredible. You know what she was saying? My spiritual batteries were at zero. My life was a mess. And I knew I needed to fill it with something. And so I was filling it with all the wrong things. But I knew that there was something more. And I found it in Jesus. And so for the next like 30, 40 minutes, we start talking about all sorts of just how she can keep growing her faith and doing all these kind of things. And we walk off the plane and I literally walk her to security as far as I could possibly go before I had to get on my plane. And, and here was this girl that when she got on the plane was spiritually empty. Her life was a mess and she had no hope. And when she got off the plane, she had hope. She had a newfound confidence in her life. Her spiritual batteries were full because she saw something about Jesus that she had never seen before. And it was the power of hope. It was the power that we get when we unleash hope into our life. And hope is in the form of Jesus. And he can change us forever and ever and ever. So as we go on this journey together through unleashing hope, as we spend these next 50 days together, I pray that Jesus would do something in your life and my life, just like he did in this girl's life on the plane. That he would change us from the inside out. And that we would be different people because of it. And you know what happens? You know what's so cool about when, when we're different people? 
is that it can't help but come out in other places of our life. And it's not in an offensive way. It's in a, well, this is so important to me. This is who Jesus is. See, I, I've been a pastor for a while now. I'm kind of getting old. And, and, and one of the things that i found is that when people see, you laugh, but I'm 40. That's getting there. It's getting there. I used to be 22. Okay? What I have found is that when people see Jesus for who he really is, it can't help but change their life. Problem is, I think a lot of people in our world have the wrong idea who Jesus is. And when hope gets unleashed in our life, people don't see us, they see him. And they see that it's made a difference in your life, and in your life, and your life, and your life. And you know what they say? They don't say, man, that's so offensive. They say, hey, I need some of that. Tell me how I can get some of that. So we pray over the next 50 days that God does something great in our midst. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for loving us so much. And, um, and God, I just pray for our church. God, we pray for a revival. God, we pray that you would revive our souls, that you would give us hope and a purpose God, that, that our spiritual batteries, Lord, right now, if it's like that can that just gets crushed because there's nothing there, God, I pray that you would fill us up. God, that we would not turn to the things that we've been trying to fill ourselves up with that don't look like you, but God, that we would turn to you. And God, that we would open our hearts and our souls up to you. God, that we would invest our souls in you. And God, over this next 50 days, I pray that you would work in amazing ways that we can't even put words to because it's so great. And God, I pray for the four to five people right in our neighborhood here that don't know you. God, I pray that you would do something in their lives as well. God, you are amazing and you are great. May you receive the glory and the honor and the praise due to you. We pray this all in your name. Amen.